Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Not only do we have Dr. Wayne Dyer, as always, but we have a special guest, Dr. Christiane Northrup. So let's say hello to both of you. Welcome. Thank, thank you, you very Summer. much. Yeah. <laughs> the last, uh, thank you. The last, um, I, I heard one of your I Can Do It talks recently, and, and I, you know, everybody out there listening, you should know that uh, Dr. Northrup is, uh, I think, one of the top mind-body uh, people uh, in, the, in the medical profession, to, to have a medical doctor um, talk about some of the kinds of things that you speak about to people from a very sensible, common-sense, no-nonsense approach. Um, and I don't think just to women, because so much of what you uh, talk about and speak about uh, is very, very relevant to me. I always make copies of, of your lectures, and I send them to every one of my daughters, and I send them to my sons as well. Because there's um, I, one of the comments that you made, and I just uh, want to maybe you can respond to it, is that you said that most of the time when people go get involved in the medical community one way or another, they go to whatever doctors they go to, by and large, they're going there to find out either what is wrong or what's going to go wrong. Is, is that a pretty good representation of what you were saying? That's exactly right. The field of what we call women's health is nothing but screening for women's diseases. And I'm out to change all that by teaching women and men, of course, everything that can go right with the female body mm. and how to make sure that happens instead of the current uh, way it's practiced, which is this. Let's talk about breast health. October, which we just finished, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Now, what could be worse than that? Me Naming too. it Breast Cancer Awareness Month. By the law of attraction, what do you think that's going to produce? Hmm. And so I always like to see it as Breast Health Awareness Month because even if you have breast cancer, there are things that you can do to increase the total health of your body and therefore speed your healing. But continually banging the drum of breast cancer awareness will do nothing except increase the incidence of breast cancer, which is exactly what has gone on over the past 20 years. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I, I, um, I'm in my 60s, and uh, there's a test out there called a PSA test, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. And I remember a few years ago uh, going in and, uh, and taking, uh, having one of these tests done, and there was a, just a little bit of a spike in the thing that I – and I can remember going through months of wondering and being concerned, is this prostate cancer? Does this mean that, uh, you know, the, and, and every time I would go to the uh, any place in the medical community, they'd, they'd want to know what my number was and, and is it any higher? and what is it going on and i was living like in this constant state of uh of concern and anxiety is is this is this what this really means and i began to realize that i was putting my body into a into a position with all of that stress and all of that concern which was very likely if if there was something like that going on it was going to exacerbate it and make it worse I've never been a big fan of, uh, you know, they've got these machines now that I understand in the medical community where they can put you your whole body in and they can find out every tiny little thing that might possibly be going wrong any place in your body from your toes all the way up to the top of your head. You, I don't Wayne, know that I, I would want to hear that. You, well, you shouldn't. And there is a fantastic book called Should I Be Tested for Cancer? And it's mm -hmm. by uh, Dr. Stuart Walsh at Dartmouth who has mm -hmm. made a life work 
of studying screening modalities and what he says, and by the way, the PSA test, prostate-specific antigen, is to men as the mammogram is to women. Right, that's And there's much up. less evidence that the PSA is helpful. It's fine once you've been diagnosed with cancer to follow the treatment, but it is a test that I would never recommend to any man, ever. And, and uh, there's a lot of data to support that it is uh, a waste of time and does exactly what you described, it creates increased cortisol and epinephrine, stress hormone levels in your body that in turn make it difficult for your immune system to work. So you're actually creating the very situation you're trying to prevent. And these total body scanners, that's just ridiculous. It's I can't just imagine ridiculous. doing that. Especially when you get into your 50s and 60s and 70s, when you when uh, you know when you know that there's various things going on in your body, but to to give yourself that kind of stress level, uh, and, and that isn't just a stress level in the in the world of thought, is it? I mean, those kinds of thoughts literally produce new chemicals in your body, which are probably more likely to produce the very thing that you're you're trying to avoid. That's exactly right, and I love that you you get that and. Probably one of the major ways that that works is this gas called nitric oxide, which is the biochemical basis for what I'm saying in my newest book, The Secret Pleasures of Menopause. But we'll just take a minute with nitric oxide. It's produced by every blood vessel in the body. Whenever right. you are thinking thoughts that are pleasurable or participating in lifestyle choices that are healthy, and it increases the circulation in the body, but it does more than that. It oh, I think we may have serotonin lost Serotonin and so on. There we go. Oh, there we go. Sorry. We got Say that last part again, Christian, because I, I lost you just for a second. Yeah, okay, okay. So when nitric oxide levels are high, that also balances all the other levels of neurotransmitters, beta-endorphin, mm -hmm. a natural morphine-like substance that helps you deal with pain beautifully, uh, serotonin, dopamine, prolactin. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, the reason that I was uh, very interested in nitric oxide is it is this science that led to the discovery of the erectile dysfunction drugs, Cialis and Viagra. But in the placebo-controlled trials of those drugs, 35% of the men getting the placebo uh, got rid of their erectile dysfunction. And Herb Benson at Harvard feels that it is nitric oxide that is how the placebo effect works. In other words, they had a feeling they were taking something that would help them, and lo and behold, the blood circulation did, in fact, improve. So you have spent years, uh, Wayne, telling people, starting with your erroneous zones, all the ways in which their thinking is not helping them and how to turn it around. Right. We now finally have caught up with the science because we have functional PET scans and we have ways to measure circulation and so on. So instantly you can see how a thought produces a, an electrical stimulus throughout the entire body, by, transmitted, by the way, by the cell membrane. The cell membrane is the brain of the cell. And so when you talk to somebody about actual health or pleasure or inspiration, they're having an uplifting thought that, in fact, increases their circulation and uplifts their biochemistry simultaneously. 
so that uh, like uh, assuming a, a woman uh, you know has goes in and and, and has a uh, uh, a scan uh, or a pap smear or any of these kinds of tests that they continuously want people to be taking on a yearly basis uh, if you right. will uh can't you i mean isn't it possible that you could get a reading one day uh i remember you saying in your talk you could get a reading one day and the next day that reading is completely the reverse of what it was the day before and then you have you a know, different radiologist read the the test one day and then and the same test is read by a series of radiologists and the changes that this these things are are not something that is just locked in stone that the, your body is in a constant state of shifting and changing all the time and and as you if if you take one number that's on there you know whatever that number is whether it's a cholesterol number or whether it's a number for your 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 uh, being in danger for uh, breast cancer or whatever it might be you, 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 that number is something that everybody relies upon as if it's something re real and hard when in fact it's shifting all the time isn't it that's exactly right and so the problem with the number and you know because you had this experience right is oh. that the the number becomes more real than your own experience of how you feel. And I remember Andy Weil, Dr. Andy Weil, saying years ago, one of the biggest problems with Western medicine is its ability to undermine a person's experience of how they feel. So I had a patient once who did have breast cancer, and every time she'd go into her um, chemotherapy doc, her oncologist, he would mm -hmm. give her the the doom and gloom statistics because many doctors think that's part of their job. God forbid they should give you false hope. And mm -hmm. she said to him once, uh, Dr. Smith, I'll call him, I do really beautifully with what I'm dealing with, but it takes me two weeks to recover from every visit with you. Wow. <laughs> mm. Boy, yeah. that's so true. Michelangelo had a wonderful observation. He said, the greater danger is not that our hopes are too high and we fail to reach them. It's that they are too low and we do. You know, this, 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> you right. Know. And, and we, so when we have these low here. expectations and, and most most women, I mean, do they really believe that if they do have something going on in their body that they have within them the capacity to, to send that away, to get rid of it, to change the way that that, that they're thinking and processing that and, and eventually just move those things out of their body without going through all of the, the horrors of, of chemotherapy and so on? Most most do not believe that. Right. And uh, because when it comes to how you do things with your body, I've thought about this for a lifetime, Wayne. And mm -hmm. because I tried when I was um, new in practice, I would try to tell women about the benefits of breastfeeding. They're so well documented that to me, any woman who doesn't breastfeed her baby, at least for a month, I, I just, it's shocking to me that given that the mortality rate is lower and the allergy risk is lower and that it is the best thing you could possibly do for your baby, it shocks me still that 100% of women aren't breastfeeding at least for the first six weeks. But mm. that's the strength of first chakra programming. The number one predictor of whether or not a woman breastfeeds is whether she has the support of her maternal grandmother that's really? how strong blood ties are. And it's the same, by the way, with circumcision. I mean, there's the American Academy of Pediatrics has for years said there is no medical reason to circumcise a baby boy. It's removing a body part without the permission of that 
person. It cuts mm-hmm. off at least 14,000 nerve endings. Um, we won't make the show about that. <laughs> Listen, I had I that did. done when I was when I was born. My mother, it was five dollars to have uh, your baby circumcised. Yeah, five dollars. Five dollars for my mother was just out of the question. She was making seventeen dollars a week, so that was a third of her what she was making. And so she didn't do it when I I was living in an orphanage until I was ten. And when I was eight. And I had to have my tonsils out. Uh, they went and they did the circumcision at the age of eight. So I can wow. talk to you about uh, about nerve endings if you want. <laughs> yes, you could. Now, you see, <laughs> I that's... remember it very well. Uh, yes, <laughs> and there's no reason to do it. And yet, it still keeps coming up in the medical literature. And so it's a procedure that's just aching for an indication. Episiotomy is the same, making a cut in mm-hmm. the vagina at birth to... Uh, allegedly widen the area for the baby's head all the studies show that uh, all it does is increase blood loss and pain and yet there are still doctors who do it so we have to understand we're not dealing with science here we're dealing with the power of belief and things handed down in families i'd like to i'd just like to say uh first of all i don't even think you know this christian that uh you know Ramdas, I'm sure you know Ramdas. Um, yes, I first friend. saw him when I was in medical school. Yep. Yeah, back in the '60s, I uh, he was he was hugely instrumental with in my life. I just did a seminar here this weekend, and he was a part of it. Well, uh, Saturday, he had a very unfortunate accident. He fell out of his wheelchair and shattered his uh, hip, and um, he's had a hip replacement as of yesterday, and. They haven't been able to get him breathing on his own yet, so he's in intensive care. And all of the people out there who um, uh, would like to send positive, loving prayers to uh, my friend Ramdas and our friend Ramdas, uh, please do so because he's uh, battling right now for his life. Absolutely. Um, that's number one. And number two is the weekend uh, coming up on November the 9th on Sunday um, in Santa Monica. Uh, Dr. Northrup and I will be putting on an all-day seminar. Uh, if you're in the neighborhood or anywhere near would like to get there, um, this truly is going to be a magnificent day. Uh, Dr. Northrup, to me, is one of the great, great speakers. She is extremely entertaining, lots of fun, and also gives very, very valuable and compelling information to anybody out there, man or woman. Um, so, and your new book, well, just tell us a little bit about your new book, because uh, it's yes, just come out October the called, 15th. That's right. Just came out with Hay House. It's called The Secret Pleasures of Menopause. I wanted to write a book, Wayne, that was uh, as joyous to write as the subject matter after doing three books that could be used as doorstops and uh, weightlifting <laughs> manuals. And so this one was born from the desire to be as uplifting as possible while also as scientific as possible. And so I gathered all kinds of data about the impact of pleasure on one's health and life and put together the secret pleasures of menopause because the data shows that women in their 60s and 70s are having the best sex of their lives and also that they're often having the most fun of their lives given that they now are living from the soul outward back to what they were like when they were 9 or 10, but with a lot more skills. 
Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard you speak about it in some of the... Some of the stories you tell and teaching people how to do uh, pole dancing. I, I want you to do, you got to do that pole dance for us on Sunday. We totally will, Wayne. I mean, and, and I've really? got my younger daughter coming. Oh, sure. I'll get her up on stage. She's coming. And uh, we'll have a very good time because I want to teach women how you move energy in the body. Uh, this isn't just some cockamamie idea that I came up with. This literally is how you rebirth the best that's in yourself. And we have such a misunderstanding of sexual energy in our culture. But the truth is this. Our bodies were created by sexual energy. They are sustained by it. And it's very closely linked with spirituality. Oh, it's so true. Oh, and you do such a great job of it. I can't wait for I can't wait for Sunday. All of you out there, you're going to have a great time. We've got a couple of calls, Summer. Let's uh, let's um, let's take those. Okay? Sure. Let's hear from Brenda first. She's calling from Los Angeles, California, on line four. Brenda, welcome to the program. You're speaking with Dr. Wayne Dyer and Dr. Christian Northrup. It is an honor um, to speak to both of the good doctors. And um, <laughs> boy, I um, really had no idea this show was on and what you both are talking about just so applies to me. I've literally um, come back to life from a year of um, going through a breast cancer situation, dealing with people who wanted me to to battle it, to fight it, to say you have it, this whole, you're a survivor and all this stuff. And it really didn't resonate with me. It was, um, when I would go to the doctors, I would say I was getting a tune-up only because my mind I literally, I, I checked out. I had so many changes happen at one time. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, when I was strong enough, and one of the first things I went and did was I happened to find a pole dancing studio very close to my house. Oh, I really? love this. Was it with Sheila <laughs> Kelly? No, no, it was there. No. It's a gal who has a Pilates franchise across the U.S., and I was a person and very testosterone energy and that certainly wasn't anything I would ever think about and she ends up being like the number one shark diver in the world (laughs) 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 and this but but it was like talk about losing your sexy but it was for me um, it was much more than um, I don't have family and Wayne I've always been attracted to to your work because I felt like an orphan my whole life and Uh interesting thing did happen when I was kind of, I, I, my mind checked out, every, everything checked out. Um, I don't have family, and, and I was engaged for, and never, I, I wasn't the type of person who wanted to be engaged, and thought that for, you know, I will actually have family. And when my fiancé left the day I was diagnosed, and I really <laughs> took a good look at what I, well, it, you know, it really wasn't a good look prior to the day of having the breast cancer diagnosis, I did what I um, had had come walking into my house and the Oprah channel was on, and I'm really not a TV watcher, but for some reason, Marianne Williamson was on there and she was, had just given Oprah her 50th birthday poem. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Oh, I remember it too, because I came walking in and I was never one to cry. Things have changed. And I came, <laughs> I came, right. I came walking in, and that was on. And for some reason, I just and I wasn't a TV person. I looked at it, and she was reading the poem, and just dropped me to my knees, crying. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I have the poem everywhere actually now. And the following day, 
I never expected, I've been in perfect health, that I would be dealing with breast cancer. And I was scheduled to get married, and I really think I had a divine intervention, actually, um, because had it had just been the breast cancer alone without the emotional um, abandonment, devastation, I don't mm-hmm. think I would have cracked to my core, which which I have. I did. And um, now that I'm, I'm healthier and I'm coming coming about, and Wayne, I think one of the interesting things, too, was I couldn't do much, but I could go on the Internet. And your daughter, I got on MySpace. Mm-hmm. I got this way. And your daughter's voice, she had some MySpace thing, and I heard her sing. And I was like, oh, it's going to be okay. And just mm-hmm. in my soul, just it's going to be okay. So now I'm um, uh, I'm kind of getting back into the flow of things, um, but it's more like dealing with myself and wanting to be engaged in life. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you have any suggestions for, um, I feel like I need a nitrous kick to get myself back engaged with life, back engaged with working, because I feel like it was much more comfortable for me to check out and just hang out with my little dog than be around mm-hmm. people. How are you doing now with your breast cancer? You know, that wasn't as devastating as first thought. And that's where when you were talking about sending prayers to your friend who had the hip uh, uh, accident. Yeah, Ram does. Yes, I absolutely, I have no family. So when the janitor says, I'll hold your hand, every person counts. Every person counts. Mm -hmm. And I can remember going into appointments and they were putting needles in places I didn't want. And and, and, and the other devastating thing, too, was I was selling my... My fiance, I was selling, he, he made these big deal custom motorcycles that sold for over $150,000 and had a very affluent life. And then when it went to go to public health care and he ran back to Canada, no money and this and that, the devastation in, in public health care, you know, they don't speak English very well. And when you're mm. waiting to hear for a malignancy test, and I had no idea that every cell in your body could cry. But now I think, well, you know, maybe every cell in my body can feel joy, too. So, What do you uh, think? Let, let me just pause from Christiane as a physician. What, what is your response? Okay, my response to you, Brenda, is that I feel you as a newborn. And there is a period of time after you're born called the fourth trimester where it's very important to protect the baby. So... You said it's easier to stay with your dog, and you have you have gotten through to your core. You talked about this, mm-hmm. so you're vulnerable. The inside is on the outside, like a postpartum person would be, and so you want to be very careful. Surround yourself only with positive people. Do affirmations, uh, such as our, in Wayne's book, my book, uh, Louise Hay's book where you begin to use the law of attraction to slowly attract to you the people, the places, the things that will support your health on the highest level. You have just done something that is so heroic and so vulnerable at the same time. And you've also chosen to do something. Now, you can, you and I can both agree that doing pole dancing Many times, women will have complete emotional breakdowns in those studios. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are breaking through to their, what uh, Sheila Kelly calls your inner erotic creature, your life force. And we have been talked out of that life force since usually we were little girls. 
So to reclaim that power means you have to feel very vulnerable. So I would keep that up. I would pay attention to good movies. And you keep saying, I have no family. You're part of the human family, and I would like you to now begin to pull together your chosen family. You get to pick. I have a chosen family coming for Thanksgiving this year, uh, my daughters and four of their friends. And it is by far the most fun I've ever had to have mm. a chosen family, just the people I want to have here. Here, you can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's great advice. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, Christine, I have one uh, question for you on, on the pole dancing. I, I think, well, one of the things is I think it, it gives you permission, or women permission, or for myself, it gave me permission that sexy was okay. And I, yes. I still find myself, for some reason, um, I get resistance on another level where I'll get nauseous, and it's just walking into the room. It has nothing to do with anything else. The minute I get there, I, I'll, I'll either get a radical headache, I'll feel nauseous, or I will feel like my body is there, but there's something in the middle of me that wants to jump out of my body, um, which might sound really weird. Um, no, no, it, it's, you know what, you're so aware, you're really a delight, because mm-hmm. you're describing resistance. We can experience unlimited pleasure, and the biggest obstacle is our resistance to pleasure. When I first started to get into this, I got the worst cold I've ever had in my life. And cold is a grief. It's the need to cry. So by simply owning that resistance and feeling it, just gently bringing your attention to it before you go in the studio and saying, I'm going to give you some space here. Tell me what you need to tell me. Maybe write write it down, whatever that thing wants to tell you. And eventually it will come up and out because your body is healing from the inside out. And truly, you you heal with movement, tears, and sound. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. One of the things that you do, Christiana, in, in, your, in your talks is you give your own personal example of, of your own life. I mean, as a physician for many, many years, you really didn't give yourself permission to be uh, the kind of woman that you believed that you could become, uh, the sexy, uh, attractive, uh, you know, funny, uh, outgoing kind of person. You were like pretty much all business, weren't you, earlier in your career? And you've made Oh, big, yes. Big I mean, Wayne. I was in, you know, a medical school class where we were the first group out of the chute that even went to medical school in any number at all. And so our job was to be better than the men. So we were right. going to out, outmail the men. And what that results in is a pretty sick group of women who aren't having a whole lot of fun, though we might mm. be extremely good surgeons. That revolution now... The, our, the feminist movement needs to now bring in everything that is womanly and fun and sensual. It's been the missing piece. You don't do the women's movement by becoming men. You do the women's movement by embracing that which is womanly and also, of course, embracing the masculine in men instead of emasculating them, which so many of us did. Well, that that has also a lot to do with uh, this whole concept of menopause. I mean, as I when when I was growing up as a, as a young man and so on, I mean, the idea of menopause was was something horrible that a woman had to go through, uh, yes. you know, and was just an indication. Well, it's getting old and it's getting time for you to dry up, and That's you're taking right. a very very different position, aren't you? 
<laughs> I am, and luckily I have research to uh, to prove my position. It's not just me making some stuff up, you know, this mad woman in Maine. Uh, and that's exciting. And, of course, it's not surprising that the baby boomers who've changed every group that they've ever been through, every stage of life, would change this stage of life as well. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.